Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. We have quite quite an exciting weekend for you guys. Down in Perth, Australia, UFC 284, Alexander Volkanovsky versus Islam Makhachev. Or should I say uh, Islam Makachev and uh, Alexander Volkan versus Alexander Volkanovsky? I guess you know since Islam's, Islam's the uh, the champ at the weight they're fighting at. Maybe we'll go with his name first. Yeah, who gives a shit? But God damn, do we have an absolute banger? I mean, just looking at their records, Islam is twenty three and one, and Alexander Volkanovsky is 25 and 1. They have a combined was at 48 wins and two losses between the two of them. And I don't think his Volk has lost. Let me go look at his record. I don't When is did he lose like was he one of those guys that lost his first fight? No, he didn't. Volk hasn't lost since 2013. Oh, we got head kicked. Oof. That's not good. But he hasn't lost since 2013. And Islam Makachev, I want to say, lost. What Was that his first fight in the UFC? Where he got knocked out by Adriana uh, Martinez? Nope, second fight in the UFC. But hey, that was all the way back in 2015. So these two guys have a combined... Was What's that? 13, 15... Volk hasn't lost in 10 years. Holy shit. When you put it in that perspective, that tells you how good these two are. But hey, we got some other guys on the card too. This card is absolutely loaded with Australian talent. Uh, Feature bout on the prelims is going to be Tyson Pedro versus Modesta Bukakis. I think that's how you say his name. Um, fought in Cage Warriors. I guess fought in you. Fought in the U. I don't even know who this guy is. If I'm being completely honest with you, uh, <laughs> um, as a guy who uh, watches a lot of MMA, I haven't seen this guy fight before. Uh, I guess last time he was in the UFC, went one and four. Lost to some good talent. Lost to Jimmy Crew. Lost to Khalil Roundtree. Um, but um, is back in the UFC and is fighting just a tough in- opponent in uh, in Tyson Pedro. Ever since he, I mean, I think he was this the guy who had that. Uh, yes, it looks like it. he had that a uh, big that a uh, really bad. I think he tore his ACL and took damn four years off in between fights and has just came out. Guns blazing, two knockouts, two fights. With coming off that big win versus Harry Hunsucker, should be a really fun matchup. Couple gunslingers. Um, Tyson with four knockout, five submissions for Tyson Pedro. That's very interesting. And the gentleman he's fighting, nine knockouts. So we're coming in with a. Uh, 12 knockout, what's that, 13 knockouts between the two of these guys. So definitely going to be um, a fun fight. All the fights that they, usually any every fight that they put on down in Australia is always, always has some heavy hitters on it. And, and a lot of guys that some people don't know, like this is a great example of that. Um, 
end up having great fights. Then we got Jimmy Crew and Alonzo Menafield kicking off the main card on pay-per-view. Menafield is currently got a little win streak going. And his last, what's that look like? Five fights. He's four and one. Has a loss to William Knight. It's coming off two big knockout wins. Last one versus Misha Kurakonov. Uh, and uh, Jimmy Crute, on the other hand, is on a little bit of a skid. Uh, lose with losses to Jamal Hill and Anthony Smith. I mean, those two aren't. If you're gonna lose to two guys, those aren't. Those aren't two. Uh, Two guys that uh, you should be ashamed to lose to. Wasn't that one versus Anthony Smith where he had that weird drop foot? Yeah, Dr. Stoppage. That was unfortunate because that was going to be a fun fight to watch. And Jimmy Crute was, I think, just recently added into the rankings at that time. But that should be an absolute banger. Oh, I forget Jimmy Crute's Australian, isn't he? He sure is. He is going to come out looking for... That's going to be a great fight. Do not miss that fight. That's going to be the first fight on the old pay-per-view card. Then we got Justin Taffa versus Parker Porter. Justin Taffa, man, had that really big head kick knockout versus Harry Hudsucker in his last fight, but wasn't too impressed. I mean, I think that's only that's only his second win in the UFC and was kind of looking, looking a little glum. Um, after being such a big hyped up uh, heavyweight, especially coming out of Australia, those heavyweight—I mean, you're following the footsteps of footsteps of Mark Hunt. So that's never that's never an easy thing to do. And Parker Porter, on the other hand, man, not not too bad of a little little fighter you got here. He's three and one in his last four fights, coming off a loss, but hey, no big deal. Beats uh, has beaten Chase Sherman. He's he's fairly good heavyweight. That should be that should be an interesting fight, man. Parker Porter versus Justin Taffa, and hey, I I feel the same way about Australia as I do about Brazil. If you got an Australian fighter fighting in Australia, you, you should bet you should bet on that guy because those Australians love fighting. They're, they're crazy motherfuckers, and they love fighting in their home country. Who doesn't though? And then in the feature bout of the old pay-per-view, Jack Della Maddalena versus Randy Brown. Jack Della Maddalena is an absolute problem. He's at, he fights at welterweight, and the dude is... He looks massive while he's in there. Coming, One of the guys that came off the Contender Series is on a three-fight win streak. Three fights in the UFC... Three knockouts. Coming off that big first... All first round knockouts, too. Coming off that big win versus Danny Roberts. That was a great showing for him. And then Randy Brown, on the other hand, man, he's just, he's just as powerful, just as good. Six wins by knockout. And is also in his last five fights is 4-1. and one, Only loss in his last five fights. Uh, Vicente Luque, and that is... That's good company. If you're losing to Vicente Luque, that's no, that's nothing to be, nothing to be ashamed of. Wins over Alex Oliveira and Francisco, uh, Francisco Trinaldo in his last fight. I'll tell you what, man. Randy Brown is an absolute savage. And so is Jack uh, Della Maddalena. 
this could be a huge coming out party for Jack. I I really like what I see in that guy. Creative striking. He's kind of he he's super awkward, and those awkward guys sometimes are hard to hit. It's like when you're sparring somebody like that's new. I don't know if you, whoever spars out there, but um, I still suck. But every once in a while you get a, you get a, you know fresh meat, fresh meat. You're like oh fuck yes finally somebody I can I can fucking hit. And uh, you, you can't he didn't really hit you, but you can't really hit him either because he's so awkward and unpredictable. And uh, that's almost how Jack Mad- uh, De La Madalena fights, in my opinion. But he's super fun to watch. Super fun to watch. And then you got the fight. No one's really talking about the co-main event of the evening, ladies and gentlemen. Yair Rodriguez versus Josh Emmett. I have been singing Josh Emmett's praises for years. For probably the entire time I've been doing this podcast, he's so underrated. The dude's lost twice in the UFC. He's been fighting in the UFC since 2016, guys. He only two losses goes win win, so two in a row, first two in the UFC. Split decision loss to Desmond Green, win knockout win, lost to lost to Jeremy Stevens, and then he came back two years a, a year later. He had that he had a really bad injury. I think. Jeremy Stevens, I think, broke his orbital and a couple bones in his face. Jeremy Stevens is hits hard. I know he after I think after that, that was really his last Jeremy Stevens' last big win. Who did Jeremy Stevens beat after that? I don't really think he beat anybody. Oh, it's bad. Yeah, beats beats Josh Emmett. Lost his uh, uh, Jose Aldo loses to Zabi. No contest to Yair. Lost to Yair. Lost to Calvin Cater. Lost to Marus Gamrot. Lost to Clay Collard in the PFL. Yeah, that's bad after that. But before that, man, Jeremy Stevens was a bad motherfucker. A lot of people forget. But um, lost to him. And then he knocks Michael Johnson out in his comeback fight with that big... Was it a right hand? Big right hand with 45 seconds left in the fight. Wasn't winning that fight either. That's a great way to come back. And then knocks out Mursad Bektik. Has an impressive performance versus Shane Burgos. And a pr- an impressive performance versus Dan Ige. And a very close split decision win versus Calvin Cater. A f- which I believe Emmett was a quite the underdog in that fight. But this dude, I don't know what it is about him. I just think he has it. But he is going to be tested versus Yair Rodriguez. Josh Emmett's originally a wrestler, but he likes to stand, guys. And Yair Rodriguez is not a gentleman you want to stand with. You saw what he did to Chan Sung Jun. He's really only had, what, one, four fights in four years? And... Damn, his record, when you look at it, he has a lot of big names, but he has that um, TKO win versus Brian Ortega, but that was due to a doc, the, the, the shoulder injury. That Max Holloway fight was quite impressive, I'll give him that. Beat the shit out of Jeremy Stevens, and then that crazy Chan Zung John knockout. Lost to Frankie Edgar, and then other than that, that's when he fought BJ Penn back in 2017. So, I mean, really not a lot of big names. Oh, he has a win over Dan Hooker. That's interesting. I did not know that. But... Quite the weird journey for Yair Rodriguez it has been, but that means nothing. This guy is has all the talent in the world. 
still young, 30 years old. He's in his prime of his career. And I'll tell you, man, that is not a fight anyone should be missing, in my opinion. All right? That's going to be, uh, I believe that sh- that's going to be fight of the night. So, Yair Rodriguez versus Josh Emmett, ladies and gentlemen, for the interim featherweight title. And why are they fighting for interim title? That is because Alexander Volkanovsky is moving up to lightweight, ladies and gentlemen, and fighting one of the scariest men the lightweight division has ever seen in Islam Makachev. Excuse me, I need to close my my window in the office. It's loud out there. But, uh, yeah... That's that's who that's who that bad motherfucker decided to uh go up and fight. That's how crazy that dude is. And I'll tell you what, if there is a guy any any other guy like if Max if Max Holloway was like if Max Holloway was the champion and was like I'm going to move up to 155 and fight Islam Makhachev for the title, I'd be like, "What? That doesn't make any sense. You're too small." I know in stature, he's t- a lot taller. I've never seen Max Holloway in person. I have seen Alexander Volkanovsky in person. Alexander is, what, 5'7"? Five, 5'6"? Five, I don't know how that dude makes 145 pounds. He is fucking massive. He is a large and in charge individual. Even at 5'6". He looks like he's made of wood. And the lore to this guy is unbelievable. He beats Max Holloway in the first fight, a close fight. Second fight with Max Holloway. Eh. A lot of people didn't think he won, including myself, and I love this dude. And then that Brian Ortega fight. Holy shit. Those submissions he got out of, anybody else in the world would have tapped. That guillotine he was stuck in. I was watching it. I was at work when that fight was happening. That's when I That's when I was working late nights. And I was watching it behind the counter. I worked at a bowling alley. And I was standing behind the bowling alley counter watching that fight, making delegating the other employees to do the work. And I was back there looking like I was having an absolute panic attack. That fight was insane. That guillotine was the tightest guillotine ever. I, as soon as he locked that in, I was like, that's it. That's it. I walked away from my phone. I didn't walk away from my phone. I'm lying to you. I'm lying to you. But I was like, all right, get back to work. And then he got when he got out of it, I j- was jumping up and down screaming, he got out, he got out, he got out. And everyone's like, what the fuck are you talking about, you lunatic? And then proceeds to get on top of him and beat the fuck out of him for the rest of the round. And in between all that, he gets caught in a triangle. Once he gets caught in that triangle, we're like, fuck, that's Ortega's, that's what he's known for, T-City. I was like, that's it, that's a wrap. And then he got the arm, looked like he was going to switch to arm, uh, arm bar. Couldn't get it. Volk ends up on top and beats him up to the end of the round. That was all she wrote. And then he beats the shit out of Chan Sung Jung. And then in his last fight versus Max Holloway, everyone's like, oh, Max, that's it, man. Max is Max is coming back for the title. He's going to take the, he's gonna take back what's his. He's going to get him back for that last fight. 
the exact opposite happens. The exact opposite happens. And what do we see? We see Alexander Volkanovsky absolutely dominate Max Holloway for five rounds. And it wasn't even close. Five, five to nothing, I think, is what is what the scorecards were. And I'm pretty sure that's what I scored it to. So he is going up to fight Makachev at his absolute peak. And Islam Makachev, on the other hand, is also fighting him at its peak. When he was fighting... Charles Oliveira for the title. A lot of people said we, you know, I'm not even going to say a lot of people, me including, not just a lot of people. Me said the same thing. I was like, he hadn't really fought anybody. I mean, who who's he beat? He beat Clayson Tebow. He beat Davy Ramos. He beat Drew Dober, who's who's done pretty well. Tiago Moises, you know, uh, that's when Dan Hooker had just had like five fights in a row and hadn't hadn't seen his family in a while, beat him, and then beats Bobby Green on short note on short note a short notice fight for Bobby Green, and everyone's like, oh whoopty fucking do. You beat Bobby Green and now you get a shot at the title, must be must be fucking nice. You know, we'll see, we'll see what happens when you're actually tested. And what does he do? Beats Charles Oliveira at his own game. Knocks him down with a big right hook in the second round. Gets on top of him. Everyone's like, oh, no, don't go to the ground with Charles. Submits him immediately with an arm triangle. I mean, the squeeze of that guy has to be insane. Bala Muhammad was on um, Rogan's podcast a couple weeks ago just explaining how strong these Dagestani dudes are. And just the way they train is an, is absolutely insane. There he was. He was like, "Dude, their workout, their regular, like their their warm up is." They're like, "All right, now we're gonna work out." He's like, "What the fuck do you mean now we're gonna work out? Was that not the workout?" I mean, they're they're just absolute savages. I don't think people. I would like to train with one of these Dagestani guys just to kind of see how strong they really are. Because I mean, Islam's a big fuck, but he doesn't like his physical appearance. You know, he doesn't, he, he's not shredded like Volk is. He's not shredded like Connor is. He's not, he doesn't look like Francis Ngannou. He doesn't have that build. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't look like a Greek god, but all that training throughout the years, I guess, just, I don't know, maybe it's the way they eat up in Dagestan. That's why they don't get shredded, but they are just bears when they get, when they, when they're attached to you. This is probably the only, only time in UFC history where a guy is fighting up a weight class to be a double champ where both guys are at their absolute peak. Their absolute peak of performance. Cause I was at the DC Steep A1 fight. I mean, DC was 39, 38, 38. Wasn't that well? They, but neither of them were really at their peak, you know. Stipe just came off that that win versus Francis Ngannou, where he took a lot of damage. DC was older, couldn't make two hundred five anymore, and that's kind of why he, you know, let's be honest, that's why he moved up. Conor McGregor versus uh, Jose Aldo. You know, Aldo was not on the way out. Obviously, he was still the champ, but he wasn't Jose Aldo of four, three, four years ago. 
Amanda Nunes versus Chris Cyborg. Cyborg wasn't if that was Cyborg three years prior, four years prior, sure. Sure you could say that. But these two you can't say that. I mean, Islam is thirty one and Volkanovsky is thirty four. I mean they are at their absolute peaks. And this is gonna be a fucking crazy fight. And you know, I did a little bit of research because a lot of people were saying that the UFC wasn't promoting this fight as much as they should be. And I, I agree. Islam, I, I guess, said something. I haven't seen the interview, but was apparently upset with the with the lack of promotion for this fight. So I did a little bit of digging. And this is um, from Saturday that I took these screenshots. Within a week... The UFC only posted, they posted, I believe, somewhere in the span of 25 times. They posted twice for this fight from Saturday to Saturday. And you know how many times they posted that power slap? Eight. Eight times. So, and even still, there I've only seen a couple more things. And it's fight week promoting this fight. I think they've only posted three or four more times on Fight Week. And I think they've posted at least two for that Power Slap League. So, I don't know. I'm not I'm not in charge over there. So, But hey, that's all I got for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening. I am super excited for this weekend. I will be back with a recap of UFC 284. And we'll get some current events in as well. But until then, thank you so much for listening. Take care.